welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for Thursday Night Football, the first millionaire of the season up top. Um, and so it's time for us to talk some math finally. So we've, we've talked all summer long, baseball, like, I don't know how much math is involved, but we can get a little bit of math right up front. This is, uh, I'm making a video on Sunday of the week. I might make another one later in the week. I'm going to buy contest sims probably like Tuesday or something and start prepping for Thursday. Um, but I'm saving money, obviously. I don't, I'm not putting that much down until then. So until then, I'm going to show you how I'm good, how I would approach the slate. If I didn't have contest sims, and I may still approach the slate, we'll see if I like the lineups contest sims goes or whatever, if it's not working the way I like it. Because this is exactly how I won the um, 100K and then subsequently the Tournament of Champions ticket, semifinal ticket in um, the spring game one and game two of the NBA Finals. So I, this is like my approach to showdowns. It starts with geometric mean filtering of ownerships. So geometric mean is the product of all your your um, probabilities to the one over n. So it's like the number of slots you have is that n. So you put the number of slots, which is one of two things. For these showdown slates, it's six. It's harder to get unique than in the classic slates. We all know that. So in a classic slate, you wind up with way more, a higher, much, this is much less likely something you need to do on a classic slate, right? This is something you're mostly doing on a showdown slate. When you have six slots and a number total, like this is the number for Thursday Night Football. 296,000 people is how many you have to beat. But if you don't want to be a millionaire, like let's say you're like me. You like $100,000, $100,000 change your life, give you another another year's worth of messing around with uh, DFS and stuff. You know, maybe we go on a few more vacations, buy a condo or something. And so since that's also life-changing money to me, I'm limiting my my dupes. This is exactly what I did for the um for the $100,000. That's why I won $100,000. If I had been going for only a million dollars, even with Haywood Highsmith Captain, we love you, that wouldn't have been enough. That wouldn't have been rare enough, right? Like, well, if I'm being honest, the fourth and sixth place lineups that I put in were fully unique. So from time to time, I think about how close I was to $20 million that night. And I don't go back and look because it wouldn't do me any good to know what part of the multiverse specifically I didn't win a million dollars in. But anyway, so it was really close. There were a couple of actual uniques that were really close to the top that night. Pretty sure I had the highest um, both max uh revenue and roi and profit and all that because i had less than 150 as well i only put in 98 which is a lesson we're going to talk about in contest sims i don't think like here we do the best we can not to lose money try to make the most we can but with contest sims we can see how much we will probably lose right and so i don't think 150 maxing makes sense just like every night right like i pulled up there's this tweet for college football i think i still have up over here yeah let me pull it up over here so this guy was pointing out that on the, the Thursday night slate, it was a big one. There was a lot of options and the 150 maxers were brutalized, lost $55,000 on the main slate on Saturday, $25,000. 150 maxing might not be positive ROI guys, like not short-term, not long-term, not nothing. I think, you know, if you're going over 20, which I'm not sure you necessarily should, it's, it should be a slate by slate basis, case by case basis. You should be looking at the ROIs of your lineups. I'm not saying you cut out every single negative ROI lineup. I do see every night my sim ROI, uh, sim ROI on these top lineups is like minus one percent, minus two percent. So I'm not going to cut off every single little bitty negative lineup. There's obviously leverage to something that may give you expected value long term, has a higher variance or something. I'm not sure exactly how to capture that yet. But you don't completely cut them out. You just go to like, but you don't. You don't indulge 150 for no reason, right? On every slate, case-by-case -case basis. So that's why it's not so bad. You know, we're still limited. 
um, to less than that by money, right? Uh, presuming that's the case if you're not paying for contest sims because contest sims are pretty valuable. Okay, so once we have the geometric mean, we know exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to win $100,000 on the slate. So we want 20 duplicates. Why did I set it 20? If you do the math, it'll be like 12. Well, because we're gonna be underweight on, there's an expectation when you do this math that the number total E4 divided by D4, so expected number of duplicates divided by number total is equal to the average probability, but that's only true in the case of independent events. And so we want the case, that's not the case for people who jam salary because the, the events won't be independent when the salaries add up to very close to the, the total, especially on these slates, it's very important. So what I mean is when you start building, not only do we have the 1000 rule where we set it up, and just so you can see it, my own ownership geometric mean no more than 20.2. So that's set to be less than 20 dupes. Now, 20 is not quite enough to get to 100,000. Number one, 90,000 is fine. But number two, we're going to limit it here. We're limiting max salary to 49,800. By doing that, you cut out cases where you're overduped and make it so your average lineup is underduped to the field, meaning that I expect about $100,000 from all these lineups. So let me take you behind the curtain and show you what we've what we have currently projected. I don't think we're gonna to get to that much. Isaac Pacheco, almost definitely not. Although geez, he's pretty low owned in the captain. So, okay, here are some, so yeah, this is the naive look. I, I click the button, These uh, the button I clicked, I just told you how I set it up. Um, and, and let me show you how I sort my lineups as well. Ah, haven't done that yet. So this is how I'm sorting them. I think this is how you should do it too if you're trying to win a million dollars and you don't have contest sims, you short it by 99th percentile. You need that top level result. And then you go to, is that all I do? Ah, no, you want to sample the face space in a way that doesn't give too much credence to little tiny differences. And one way you can do that is to sample them with a large number of differences between the lineups. But this is football, and I don't want to cut out the quarterbacks too much, you know, because both of these quarterbacks could get there a lot. So I think I'll take it to three and see how I like it. Obviously, like the Sabersome guy, he likes to go up to like, see see when it starts hurting your lineup pool, which will be like five. Yeah, you can't, you can't even make that many lineups. So he would say do four if you can make as many. I'm making 28. We'll see if I go up to 50. Like I said, I'm going to look at the ROI and maybe I go up to 50, maybe I don't. It's not a big deal, $500, but, you know, I'm not going to just throw it in the drain. If it doesn't look like there's value, I'm not going to do it. So, okay, besides this number of uniques, I'll probably go to three, like I said, because I think the quarterbacks are some of the better plays on the slate and that you can get unique enough. Ooh, can you get unique enough playing them both? Not sure about that, but let's have a look where this puts us. Yeah, for captains, quarterbacks, fine. I think you can still get there with quarterback captains. I think they're obviously most likely to be captain. And wow, looking at Jeff Goff. Oh. Golf being 8% captain means I'm going to play a ridiculous amount of golf because he's obviously probably, what, 25% likely to be the best captain. That's a very weird, it's a very weird situation here. I mean, I don't know if that's fair. 25% maybe a lot, but so I think 30% Mahomes is probably overstating his likelihood to be the best captain because of the likelihood one of his pass catchers is a better captain. But with golf, I mean, I guess... ASB being owned makes sense. You can see I'm overweight on him. I'm not trying to make an anti-ASB case. I'm just trying to say there are other receivers here. We got Raymond. I don't think we even have the number two receiver getting any. Maybe I didn't put him in captain. I should probably put the number two in captain as well. I did. Mar okay, Marvin Jones Jr. is there somewhere. So I'm all over. I think these Detroit wide receivers are good um, besides, you know, the obvious plays. Mahomes. I don't see Kelsey. I guess he must be priced too high. 
for that to work out. He's my top fade, I guess, for captain and Montgomery and Gibbs because I don't think it's going to be that kind of slate. I don't think the running backs from Detroit get there. Maybe who knows? Maybe it's a whole new year. But that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna second guess. You saw they were in the pool, right? I'm not I'm not unclicking them, but it's not something I'm excited about. Mahomes, ASB, Goff, Kelsey. That's so little Kelsey. But I like sorting it by, yeah, he's very expensive. Wow, he's extremely expensive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I get, I think I buy the optimizer's case for less Kelsey than I would expect. He's just overpriced and he could smash. And if he smashes, well, okay. If he smashes, we got to have exposure there. It's completely nuts to have zero exposure to Kelsey. You must match the field on at least his captain ownership. But I, I think there is a case to be made that if he doesn't smash, he doesn't get there because he's a tight end. And I mean, like at the end of the day, what if Mahomes has better, like is starting to have, you know, number one last season, who was eating all Kelsey's lunch? It was McKinnon out of the backfield or something. Or, and, and maybe this year, maybe Valdez scaling has made some um, advances. And we know Kadarius Tony became a pretty solid target right away, right? Like at the end of last season, he was starting to get looks. So I'm not convinced Kelsey has the same exact position that he did last year when everybody was hurt. And, and I mean, he's great. And I have so much of him in best ball that I really don't want him to get hurt or anything that would m- make my fate of him on this particular slate, anything important. But I do think there's a case to be made for going with some of these more valuable options on this particular slate, especially since they're going to be lower owned and Kelsey's going to be freaking 35% even at infinity dollars. And 35% in infinity dollars, I think that's appropriate. I think one third of the games, he completely smashes and ruins it. That's fine. But like the other two thirds of those games, everybody who has them is screwed, right? Because he's not going to smash. He's going to get one touchdown, give you 10 points and a $12,000. Is that really what it was? Let me double check that. $12,000. Wow, I hadn't looked at this pricing in the actual DraftKings app first. That's so nuts. So at he, a tight end being 35% at $12,000, I know it's Travis Kelsey. But you see why I'm getting to so much probably Jeff Goff. I think that's, I assume that's his first name still. It's been a while since he's been a Ram, so I haven't heard his name in a zillion years. It sounds weird to say Jeff Goff. Jared Goff saying the wrong name. So, hey, welcome to the NFL. Obviously, I know a lot about Jeff Goff here. I know that he got ran out of town, so maybe that's why I started calling him Jeff. Uh, maybe it's because I forgot his name because he's completely useless and probably should stop being a quarterback in the NFL. But you see, I just made the case for him being the uh, captain here. So that's mostly on that Kansas City's not got a great defense. Um, and I think that it's possible for even a mediocre NFL quarterback to, uh, to do a lot of good passing. But man, on the Thursday video, I will call him Jared Goff, the whole video. I knew Jeff Goff sounded wrong, so you got to give me credit for at least remembering that I I didn't know his name. Um, Okay, so that does make me wonder if I have... Actually, I do have plenty of him in best ball because of um, all of his wide receivers whose names are easy to remember because they're better than him. Speaking of, that was somewhere I was seeing pretty solid leverage when I looked at this the first time. Oh, yeah, number one, don't play uh, LaMichael Perrine. He's in the player pool and... Uh, currently has a positive projection on Saberson despite having been released by uh, by Kansas City. So, hey, now that I've given you r- messing up a quarterback's name, which I kind of say, man, I went all summer with all the baseball teams, messed up one name, and, and it was like a new guy who had just been called up. I messed up Jared Goff. That was disappointing. But anyway, so uh, 
I'm not going to edit it because I don't know how to edit anything. So welcome to the show. You should like, uh, subscribe, etc. for for when I give the uh, Thursday version with contest sims. Probably do it on actual Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon or something. But yeah, Khalif Raymond, that's the one where I'm I feel confident. Like I'm forcing I'm forcing him in here. Um, I'm probably not ten percent, but I'll, I'll force him five percent, Captain, because I think. Oh, you know what? No, it's either him or it's Josh Reynolds. That's what I wanted to do. So we'll, we'll get some clarity here before lock, probably. Um, oh, ho, ho, that's why. Okay, so for me, Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds will probably split those snaps at um, the slot. I don't know. I'm not very much of a uh, actual NFL person um, in terms of knowing like uh, alignments and defenses and stuff. I'm more of a math nerd and person who sees how things correlate together. So I see that one of these wide receivers is one third the price of the other one, almost a quarter, and has at, I mean, his projection, I would say maybe closer to a coin flip. I was maybe going to make the case for more Josh Reynolds than the captain. But at this price, no, you can definitely play Raymond. And I'm definitely going to be overweight Raymond and the captain because the chance that he completely smashes the slate and like does a Haywood Highsmith type thing and all of the like top 10 lineups are all Khalif Raymond top lineups is pretty hot, right? Because I mean, Nobody else is anywhere near his value. Let me first make that case. If Khalif Raymond makes four catches. So number one, the case for Khalif Raymond making four catches for 40 yards, right? He, he's going to run reasonably long routes. So if he makes four catches, it's going to go 40 yards. And if he does, it's going to, well, that, actually, that's even less, right? This is the captain projection. So when I go to the regular projection, this is like, this is like two catches for 35 yards for him probably, or three catches for 20, either way. He gets there without even being the solid slot. He could be like a 50-50 slot guy. Like, I mean, you could take a pretty middle. Uh, he's he's massively better than everybody else in the price range. But now that I'm looking at it, that is pretty good value for uh, Mitchell. He's going to be out there too. Yeah, okay. You can you can put Mitchell in this player pool too. Not Maybe not captain, but I'm sure I got some of him in a uh, flex. That's really good value, yeah. Uh, Mitchell's backup tight end for... for um, uh, Detroit, and he's fine. I mean, going to get lots of opportunities. Making a catch, I might goose him a little even. Like, pretty good chance of a catch. Is he not their number two tight end? they got a bunch, but I think he's their number two. Oh, they're putting Brock what? Brock right. Oh, okay. Well, in The Sims, he's their number two, so uh, probably isn't their number two in real life, but the fact, I mean, even as a number three receipt, uh, tight end, he's going to be in there blocking like 10 downs. Maybe he catches a pass half the time. Catch a pass half the time at that price. And honestly, taking a zero is basically what he's... So on Sabersim, if you cannot... It will not consider all the cases of possible zeros because it, it breaks its brain. So there's a case to be made for leaving in some of these fractional guys who are min price for the equivalent of taking a zero weighted by the likelihood they don't be zero, right? So that's essentially for me what leaving in Mitchell, Watson, Bell, et cetera, are, even though some of them are tight ends that are questionable to see the field at all. I'm fine with playing, you know, yeah, that's a that's a fair percent to play somebody who, if they do make a catch, is optimal, is optimal. No question, right? Like whichever one of these 400 guys makes that catch that goes 10 yards, gets two points at, tw at, at 200, gets two points. Are you kidding me? There's no comparison. There's no value on the slate. That would be the equivalent of Harrison Bucker kicking 15 field goals. Something absurd. Nobody has that upside. No receiver. Uh, Pacheco, 7,000. So that would be the equivalent of him scoring 70 points. 
nuts. It's just, it's so nuts. So that's why you have to pay attention to these guys. These guys are where the slate is made or break broken and why they're all sprinkled. You got to sprinkle because I mean, number one, low owned, nobody cares about backup tight ends. Nobody cares about backup tight ends. And everybody is going to be on Thursday night. They're going to be going, man, I can't believe the tight end two for for Detroit. Can anybody see that coming? Yes. It's so easy to see that coming. Backup tight ends. There are so many situations, important situations, goal line situations where you go heavy tight end, not just two, sometimes three, right? Very important situations have three tight ends. So there's a reason why that keeps happening. That's not an accident. And I'm definitely playing it all the showdowns because I remember last year and I remember in real life and it even happens honestly because it is such a like situational guarantee thing that happens in the sims right like even in nfl sims you watch madden or something near the goal line the backup tight ends are in the game sometimes they get a pass sometimes they catch the, they run it in as a backup tight end you know like i don't know which one of these guys is the fullback or whatever but i doubt either of these teams do i remember one of them actually does have a fullback no this is in san francisco i guess yeah never mind that san um Kansas City has enough guys that they're not going to line up a backup tight end to run it in. They'll just jam Pacheco or, or, or uh, probably not McKinnon. I don't know. I feel like Pacheco is more their guy for goal line. Questionable? I don't feel like he's questionable. Same with ASB. Neither one of these. I've been, I've been drafting them like they're going to play week one. So check, obviously, Thursday morning with some show where you've got a doctor or something. That's not what this show's about. This is PhD doctor. This is not medical doctor. Different show. Like, this is the, we're, we're all about how to win this competition of DraftKings. We're not all about how to what is up with this questionable designation for this guy? We're assuming the projection we've gotten is correct, unless we encounter something where we're like, I don't know if that's correct. Okay, so that's basically it. Um, have I said my top captains? I think so. Uh, have I reacted to the slate pretty well? Yeah, so ASB, Mahomes, Goff, Pacheco, Kelsey. I forced Kelsey in, though. That's not a, I can't blame the optimizer. I'm forcing in Khalif Raymond as well. So I guess if I'm putting down a thing I say about this, when I released the tweet later today, I'm saying Kelsey and Khalif captains. Is that? Oh, and yeah, I think that's my top lever. Oh, and then maybe ASB. Yeah. ASB, Goff, ASB, Goff, Kelsey. No, not Kelsey. Uh, underweight on him. And uh, Pacheco, I guess. It's fine. We'll make sure he's healthy. And I mean, they'll, they'll probably adjust their ownership. So, you know, I'm going to cross off the checkout because I think that might be an artifact of the way they're, they're counting the slate to be. Okay. And then uh, on the flex side, weird guys. Hi, let me look at the leverage because that's really the, the interesting question. Who am I fading? What's the, what's the top leverage plays? Yeah, with top leverage, I'm going with a lot of these backup tight ends. And you can come back and, and post about it on Thursday when a backup tight end makes a catch, right? You don't have to score a touchdown. If they score a touchdown, I'm going to be out there in the streets dancing and pointing to this video going, look at this video, right? But if they make a catch, man, that's like putting me still in the driver's seat with these backup tight ends. And look, it doesn't take that much exposure to get massive leverage to right Mitchell. I'm not going to say the first names again because I looked up Brock, but I don't remember all their first names because there are so many people on a football team. Give me a break, guys. It's week one. <laughs> all right. Granted, Jared Goff's a bad mistake. But uh, hopefully that's just a nice, fun, personable moment. Gives you guys a sense of, <laughs> yeah, that I'm a bit of a, of a nut job. Okay, uh, so yeah, these are my by leverage. Those are my top leverage guys. Nobody's, obvi it's obvious what I've done here. I've already told you all of these things. 
Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., I guess, is the other thing I haven't said aloud enough for people who are on the audio, which I probably eventually post. Maybe I'll post that right away after a lot for baseball, which I got to check on. Yeah, pretty soon. Sky Moore, uh, overpriced. I am off. Kelsey, I guess, yeah, I'll be underweight regular Kelsey because he's overpriced. And so if he gets a regular result, it's bad. It's not, it's not minimal. Like these cases, this 20% is cases where he mashed, but somebody mashed a little harder and they had to be captain, right? So in the case where he doesn't mash, he's completely not optimal, needs to be out of it. Uh, Laporta, I don't know if I'm going to be that negative, but he is a tight end and people love him. So people love him. He a tight end. He's priced like a wide receiver three. So if he was priced like a tight end too, you know, down like with Cabinda and whatever, fine. But actually he's there. Probably double check. They traded Hawkinson. He's their tight end one, huh? Yeah. It's pretty low. Pretty low for a tight end one. So I get why he's going to be that owned. He might need to goose that projection eventually. I'll think more about what I'm doing with Laporta between now and the slate. I'm, I'm not getting off him given that I just thought about how he's priced like a, uh, He's priced like a bad tight end. <laughs> so I guess that's, he's a good tight end, but he's priced like a bad tight end and he's owned like a good tight end. So he's owned appropriately. So I'm not going to change it. All right. So that's all for this slate. Remember, um, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, somebody's got to win a million dollars or chop it a few ways. We can all we can win like 20,000 each, right, guys? All right. See you next week. Uh, yeah. Probably showdown slates. <laughs>